But I want everybody here to understand why we're here. We need to be able to start talking about things of Jesus and, and, and God and came and put stuff in perspective. Does that make sense? We've got to put our life and everything that's going on right now. I'm trying to find out which way is better. God gave me a message today talking about getting ready for your present trouble. Okay? And then not only that, the thing of it is, in order for you to get through what's going to come at you, you better start understanding the joy of heaven. Because if you just look at life as what's going on now, man, ain't a whole lot of excitement, right? You see, I, Crystal, I, I had a feeling that Saturday afternoon, about 3.30 or so, you were just so just sitting there enjoying nothing. But I bet you was probably screaming a little bit. Yelling because some hairy-legged boy was playing football. And they're going to state, by the way. That's pretty amazing. You know what I'm saying? He gets to play in the big black toilet bowl in Las Vegas uh, Thursday. So we're going to be praying not only that they do really good, but we're going to be praying that he's going to be safe and healthy and the rest of the team's going to come back to Overton, Nevada. Uh, victors. You know what I'm saying? And more than one way. You see, I love it when we have Christian young men who are promoted and doing things that are well and they can able to say that God is still God and, 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 and walk around and do that stuff. Because you know what? Some people think you've got to sell your soul to somebody else to get somewhere. Ever heard of a feller? I was Miss Lisa and Alan. Alan and Lisa aren't here today. But uh, I was talking to Lisa, this Travis, whatever his face was, that had this demonic thing going on. I got news. She, we were going to, she wanted to pray last week, and, and I had to get a little more information about that whole mess, right, where the concert where people were, were trampled to death, and there was all, all this stuff going on. And I started looking and doing my own little bit of research about some stuff. And the thing of it is, is you know how silly we are? And when I say we, I'm talking parents. That we're not investigating what our kids are actually into. No, it's, oh, look at that. My son's got a skull on his shirt. You better find out what that all stands for. Oh, look, yeah, it's got a rose in its mouth. I don't make it okay. You understand what I'm saying? We're looking at things and we're, we're being so desensitized to the things of the occult that when it happens in front of us, we're going, what? Y'all are silly. We're being silly. We got to start understanding... Do you know how desensitized? Ever heard of this fella? His name, he was really popular at one point in time. Um, he came from Memphis area. Uh, Elvis. Um, nobody ever heard of this guy. I don't think, Presley was his last name. That was it. Yeah. Do you know we were so, 
uh, as a society at that time, we were so guarded that they would not show him from the waist down. Anybody remember this? Anybody old enough to remember this? They didn't show him on TV because the gyrations that he was doing with his hips was not. Good Lord. I watched a halftime show at a Super Bowl and I had to go pray. We went from you can't move your hips like that to, well, she had part of it covered. We went from I'm not going to allow this to happen to, well, if you put a rose in it, it's okay. We've went, do you understand what I'm saying? The troubles have come, have not come just all of a sudden, y'all. This didn't happen yesterday. This happened a long time ago. Satan is playing a long game. This isn't my message. I'm not even close to where I thought God was going to take me. But I got to tell you some stuff. Satan is playing the long game. What he is doing is making you think it's okay to go, well, I'll let my child when it grows up and it's of age to decide if it wants to be a boy or girl. Shut up. I don't know about you, but I was in fourth grade doing science and went, boy, girl, duh. What? We're sitting here, we've been desensitized and we're letting the ignorant run the show. And the thing of it is, is it's Satan's playing the long game. But the thing of it is, he's figuring it out. He's running out of time. Because Jesus Christ is coming back. And he's doing all he can right now to get as many as he can right now. And we're sitting here going. What do you think? Y'all, this ain't nothing. This is me telling you the truth. This is me telling you what's going on. If you've ever prayed in your life, you better pray for your kids now. Because Satan's coming after that generation. You know, we were that close to total apostasy. They said we're one generation away from God not being in anything we do. You don't believe that's true? You go look at what's happening right now. It also says in the Bible that in the last days they'll have a form of God... Isn't that what it says? But not acknowledging the power within. Do you understand what that means? Ever heard of a 12-step program? We're going to have a higher power. They won't say Jesus Christ. They just want you to find a higher power. Why? Because guess what? There's other things out there that are just as powerful as God in their mind. That's stupid. And I'm telling you what now is going on is, you know what? Parents want to be friends instead of parents. I got a problem with that. I got a problem with people who want to be your buddy and let you do what the world is taking you down instead of standing up and saying, let me tell you what Jesus Christ says you will and will not do. But you don't understand. It doesn't say you can't drink Zima. It doesn't say you can't drink Jack Daniels. No! It doesn't spell out the woman you're not supposed to look at either, does it? But it says, you shall not let your mind turn over to reprobate. Isn't that what it says? 
Which means you're not supposed to lose facilities. You're not supposed to do things to take this away from you. Because when you're not in control, guess who is? Who's in control of this world? Who's this domain we're living in? I wonder why do you think that bars are all dark? I used to think it was because the women hung out there were ugly and they wanted a chance. (laughs) And I come to find out the reason they keep bars dark is because sin don't like light. That's the truth. Sin don't like you be brought out into the light. What it likes to do is hide. And the thing of it is, is I got news. We've got to start shining the light on what sin is and calling it what it is. Instead of sitting there and patty caking each other trying to be buddies. Now you want me to preach my message, I guess. <laughs> Y'all right, please? You see, we're going to talk, okay, John 14. If you got your Bible, turn to John 14. We're going to go one through, verses 1 through 6. Verse 1 through 6 is basically Jesus talking, all right? Here's the thing you got to understand. Jesus was preparing their hearts for what was going to come. He was preparing their hearts and their minds for heaven. He was also preparing them for the troubles they were about ready to face. You see, Jesus knew what events was going to happen that night. Anybody know what happened? They came and got him. And they beat him. And they mocked him. And they they did a jury trial without a jury. And they did it in the middle of the night to where nobody else would know it was happening. They did everything illegal. They did everything they could to railroad Jesus Christ. They did... Does this sound familiar to anybody? I guess. Called a crucifixion. We have a big thing. Easter. He died and everything. You see, the very first thing he says to them is do not let your hearts be troubled. Now, this didn't make a whole lot of sense at the time. They were just sitting around, having supper. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Huh? See, he knew what was coming. And what was crazy was he knew it was going to happen to him. Right? The thing of it is, he said, don't let your heart be troubled. In other words, you're going to have problems. But guess what? It ain't all about you. You ever put, you you don't don't know the, the scaredest I've ever been is when I seen my daddy scared. Daddy was 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Daddy could handle anything. Daddy was smarter than everybody. Daddy could do everything. And you know what? When I looked and seen fear in daddy's eyes, whoa, we got us a problem. It got real. So you know what happened? He was trying to allow them to understand, guess what? You're going to see stuff you didn't even see coming. But it's okay. I got this. 
right? You know what? I'll never forget. My daddy took me. He bought this thing. It was a Dodge Ram Charger. They were these big boat-looking things, right? We went up into the mountains. And I saw the concern on my daddy's face as this Ram Charger started to slide. And there was a cliff. And the rocks kept taking us. And every time he'd try to go forward, it was going down further towards that cliff. And I seen his knuckles get white. And I saw that there was a little bit of something in his eyes that I didn't see before of concern. And I got concerned. And you know what? My daddy saw me get concerned. And you know what he said? He goes, this is fun. Watch this. And all of a sudden, I watched his hands relax and his face changed. And he put his foot on that gas pedal and brother, that 360 Dodge just jumped right over there. And I was like, we got this. Because how many of you know when my daddy's face changed, daddy can do everything. Jesus is sitting here with his disciples, right? And he's saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. I got this. But you're going to see some stuff happen. He knew what was coming at him, and he knew it was not going to be good. You see, the thing of they would experience fear like they'd never seen before. How many of you, can you imagine, for three and a half years, they were with this man. They watched do everything. The blind to see, the deaf to hear, the lame to walk, the dead to rise. And all of a sudden, he was being beaten and taken from him in a way they're like, oh, and now they're going to come for me, right? You see, the, the thing of it is, is even, did you know that even after he died, after Christ died, do you know that fear remained? Because it said when they were in the upper room, what they do? They bombarded the doors and shut the windows. I can even imagine in my mind's eye they had a table and a chair propped up to make sure nobody's coming. Because they knew that they were looking for him because you were a follower of Christ. And when Jesus appeared in the room that was impassable, fear could grip a heart. You know what I'm saying? It's like, wait a minute. Right? But the thing of it is, he wants us to understand, don't let your heart be troubled. I got this. But you've got to still be able to be in me. Right? Do you know what's crazy? Do you know when we lose our track is when we think we're in control. I've said this probably the last six weeks. Is when we think we're in control and we're running the show, then that's when all of a sudden fear will grip your heart, Alan. It will grip you to the point you don't see a way out except death. Brother, you've been there. I've been there. She's been there. If you've ever gone, if you've ever heard the word cancer uttered in your life, that fear of I'm done will grip you until you're able to turn it over to God. But when you understand, don't let your heart be troubled, you know what they, you know how you can even say that in these times? Is you realize you went there for the first three weeks for you, and now you're going for three weeks to be God's tool. You understand what I'm saying? 
He worked on you, and now you're going to go do his work. Because when you're able to say, God, you're in control. My life was yours to begin with. Take it and do with it as you wish. All of a sudden, the freedom that you have, do you know how hard it is to pray for somebody when you're in the middle of something? Because you're in the middle of it. And you think you need to control it. Don't let your heart be troubled. When you give it over to God, you don't have to have the troubled heart. Then it says, if you believe in me, believe or believe in God, believe in me also. Do you understand what he's trying to say here is, is he's wanting them throughout the whole time they've learned and they've been with him. He kept telling them. My father in heaven, my father in heaven, the one who sent me. He was trying to point everybody to God, but you know as well as I do. Can you bring me that water? When you know as well as I do that when you're sitting there, you start looking at the man you're following who's giving you direction because guess what? That's human nature. I can sit here all day and tell you, you know, I am not the one doing this. I am not the one doing this. But when my butt's in a wheelchair up here talking to you, you're thinking I'm the guy doing this. So for three and a half years, they followed him around. He said every time he did, my father who is in heaven, my God who has sent me, the one who has sent me. You, and they're going, yeah, I know you're here, bro. Do your thing. Because their, their mind didn't grasp. What he was trying to tell them, this isn't about me. You get me? He was trying to explain to them, don't be troubled. You know who I am because you know who sent me. (laughs) I got you. I got you. I got you. I mean, you see, this encouragement of understanding who he was and why he was, was trying to give them the understanding to go through the things that were coming. Do you... This will be the fourth time I've heard that cancer word in my wife's life. That's a whole lot of stuff stupidness that I've had to go through with her and by the way I'm done just don't do this anymore okay you've got your 15 minutes of fame stop it (laughs) I'm just telling you you gotta understand the first time that they said the word cancer they actually told us go home and get her affairs in order she won't live throughout this end of this year how many years ago was that baby 11 years they're stupid they don't know because God's the one in control but you know that fear that gripped us right there this scripture hit me in the face don't let your heart be troubled because you see I have to understand where I'm going where she would be going would my heart be sad that she wasn't here anymore well duh Would I want her back to pay taxes? No. Go walk on them streets of gold. Go praise my Savior. 
You see, if we come to an understanding of what God's taken us to, staying here isn't what draws us. What it does is it makes us want to take other folk with us, right? You see, okay, a lot of I've lost my place. <laughs> you see, when things become the darkest and the most hopeless, and it says when you're at your weakest, he is his strongest. I heard something last week. I had one of uh, my dear friends uh, in the ministry, Jeff Duvall. Uh, in fact, I, I'm going down. He's in Mexico right now, and he's coming home as I'm getting down, ready to go down to do a missions trip. He's who I, I go with, with Student Reach. And he came and spoke at our church Sunday night, and he said something that I, I love. It can't be a miracle if you can do it. I'm going to let that sink in. If you're praying for a miracle and you know the answer and you can do it, then it really isn't a miracle. See, God doesn't do miracles that don't need to be done. Can you make a blind see? If you did, if you prayed and that happened, you would know <laughs> that wasn't Alan. That was God. Correct? That's what I want you to understand. We're asking God for miracles, of, and, and it's, some of it just needs you to quit being dorky and doing stuff. I want you to say, my God, I want a miracle. I want my children to grow up and be Christian and serve you. Then teach them how to do exactly that and be an example in front of them. <laughs> Doesn't take a miracle. Takes a commitment. Well, you don't think that's funny? You don't think that's real? Do you look to adults to get a gauge of how you're supposed to act? She, now she's going to ignore me. <laughs> all this time, she's been nodding her head, and all of a sudden, no, don't statue up on me. This is not freeze or nothing like that. You do, don't you? You kind of gauge how you're supposed to react by how the parents and, and adults react to situations. If you see your mom and daddy get mad, you instantly start to get a little... <laughs> you know, my son, he's a, a, a kind of aggressive sometimes. <laughs> a lot of the time. And if he sees me start to get upset, all of a sudden he starts getting upset. I'm like, what are you upset for? I don't know. <laughs> what? And then I realized, oh, it was me. Because people pull their cue from the ones they look to. Right? You ever walked in? How come you're not happy? <laughs> it's a special kind of stupid right there. You can't walk in mad, frowning, ready to take out. Why aren't you smiling? I don't know. <laughs> right? You walk in though and somebody's got that beautiful smile I just seen on your face. You walk, that smile like Gary. Now, you know, you can't help but smile back. <laughs> Infectious it is. So is your other attitude. 
But you see, we've got to come to the point we understand when he says, don't let your how can you heart not be troubled when you're going through something? It's because you've got to understand this is not the end. You understand? I, I, <laughs> this that we're doing right now, this life that we're living right now, it's not the end. That little dash we're in, you know, where it says born in and died in, that little dash, that's what we're playing in. Do you know how long the dash is on a tombstone, Alan? One inch and a quarter long. In the scheme of life, that's how much time you're spending here. Now put a measure on eternity. And you're worried about that. You follow me? You let this control your attitude. You let this control your aptitude. You get it? That's silliness. Why do you let your heart be troubled over this? You know what my heart would be troubled more over? Not the word cancer. My heart would be troubled if my children didn't know Jesus Christ. My heart would be troubled if my neighbors never knew that I was a Christian. You know, it's funny. So I got this beautiful house that my wife bought. <clears throat> And, and it's beautiful. And, and, and you see that, that van out there? It says Reset Family Church right down the side. Do you know what I do? I park that dude right out in front of my house. We've got a flagpole going in and a Christian flag flying. I want everybody to know that Jesus Christ lives at that house in me. When I go to Walmart and my, my mind is going, I hate Walmart. I don't like Walmart. And I'm, I have to remember, I'm representing Jesus. I got to watch my face. Jeez, I don't wear masks. <laughs> so, so my face shows. <laughs> you know what I mean? I see a lot of people, you don't know if they're mad or not because they're wearing a face diaper half the time. And when they walk around, you don't know what's in there. But some of it, I don't know about you, I've seen what's in diapers, don't need to see it anyway. Just putting that out there. But here's the thing, you've got to understand. I had somebody run me out of a store yesterday, told me, you ain't got a mask on. And I said, no, I don't. Well, you can't be in here. And I go, well, yes, I can. And they said, it's a law. And I said, no, it's not. Well, I've got a baby in NICU. Then you ought to go be with it. I'm going to be here. I'm going to do my thing and I'll see you later. Same person, I seen him four hours later at a restaurant without a mask on. What? Oh, it only happens if you're standing. Well, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> you get it? Don't let your heart be troubled over silly stuff. And put it in order because it says if you know God, if you believe in God, then you know Jesus. If you know Jesus, then you know God. And guess what? If you know either one of them, you're good no matter what. That's the real. The rest of it is just where I put my zip code. 
You see, even in tough times in this life, Jesus goes on to speak about eternal heaven. You, you get what I'm saying? He was talking to heaven. And in verse 2, he says, there are many rooms. There, you know, my father's house, there are many rooms. If there were not so, I would have told you that I'm going there and prepare a place for you. Do you understand? I've heard all this time in my life, there's a mansion. I want a mansion just over the hilltop. I've heard songs sung all the time about a mansion. It says rooms. You know what that means? That means you better be ready to somebody be next door. My whole thing is, that's why I say, what do we do? We're family. Why do you think there's a dessert social? There's a dessert social. Do you know Vinette and Crystal and these women, they have busted their hiney to make sure every Sunday there's something in there after church. And do you know how many people I watch squirt right out that back door? You know why? Because it takes time to actually talk to people and you've got to get invested to talk to people. And if you don't take the time to get invested into people, you don't understand what they're going through. You don't know how to pray for them and it's all about you. So go ahead and boogie right out that back door and just make it all about you or you can be part of the family of God and prepare yourself to go to heaven where you're going to be with them for eternity you might as well start now well I'm just uh, that wasn't in there either that's just a nugget I'm just trying to tell you the women of this church on Sunday nights have a Bible study I am so impressed with that you know what men get with it Women are kicking your hineys all over the place. Well, I work all day and I do. Buddy, I got to do. Since I've been disabled, I found out that my woman who stayed at home all the time did more work than I ever did when I got up and went to work. Lord have mercy. I hate shopping. Grocery stores. I went the other day and bought a chuck roast. I thought I was going to have to sell my left leg. Well, don't use it much anyway. Just to get a piece of pot roast. And she's like, but baby, you didn't go to the right place. If you went to this store, are you kidding me? No, I walk into one place, I buy everything I want, and I walk out. Well, I don't walk out, but I get out. No, you can't do that, baby, because if you go over here, the mayonnaise is this much cheaper. And if you go over here, and I thought I figured it up the other day, she spent $72 in gas trying to get me $5 in savings. <laughs> <coughs> Thank you, Sisolak. I'm just trying to tell you it was crazy, but I was frustrated. It was like, you went to all those stores just to make pot roast? <laughs> Next time, we're just going to chat high. I ain't cooking no more. I'm going to have somebody else cook for me. That was a lot of work. And do you know dust doesn't stop? And I found out, I thought there was a little bitty midget living in my house that hid somewhere. And every night I went to sleep, he picked everything up that I threw on the floor and put it in the dirty clothes basket. And if you waited long enough, he'd fold them and put them back up there. <laughs> She's not a midget. <laughs> she was up till 1 o'clock this morning cleaning my house because there could be a possibility of somebody coming to visit. Don't want anybody to know, dust happens. No, not at my house. Oh, this is God's house. He doesn't allow dust shield. Lies. And you know that little robot vacuum? We call him Waldo because every time you hear, 
you're like, where's Waldo? Don't want to step on that dude, right? So Waldo in the middle of the night, I hear, I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't even get upset anymore. I don't have to vacuum. (laughs) But God's going to prepare a place for me. He says, if it wasn't so, he wouldn't have told us that. But I'm so worried about that house. How many of you ever know the scripture says of a bird? Right? Nobody knows what he's talking about. The sparrow has food, right? And the plants gets what? Why are you worried? You know why you're worried? Because it's all about you. Do you know the most liberating thing that's ever happened in my life is when I realized when God put me in a wheelchair and slowed me down, it wasn't to punish me. It wasn't to punish me. When, when my kidneys quit working and they put this tube in me to hook up 10 hours a day, 7 days a week for until... God provides a, a kidney or something else happens or he heals the ones that are broken in me. You know what? He didn't do that to punish me. I laid in bed last night and I started counting. Since I've been on dialysis and going to clinics to have my oil changed where they take the blood out and put new blood in, <laughs> I've had the opportunity to leave 27 people to Jesus Christ. That's 27 souls who never would have been able to enter the kingdom of God unless I got sick. Put a price on them. And since I've had to slow down and I'm in this, this uh, nice slick ride that is up here, right? It slowed me down to where, you know, I'm not running a a high school or a junior high maintenance system or a football team or a soccer team or I still I still love all that stuff he slowed me down and and what he did he's got my attention and I realized that you know what he's given me a lot more time to concentrate on other people's needs You see, perspective of how you look at things is how you're going to deal with things. I could be depressed. Oh, God, took my legs away. I can't walk. I can't work anymore. And I can't do... God, I can't even do anything. It's like my wife's got cancer and my son's in prison. And... As a corrections officer. But he's like, you know, and it's like, God, I just don't understand. And my, my best friend, he's, he's going to Mexico for another three weeks. And every, my life is shut up. Let me tell you what. I've slowed down and I'm in a wheelchair, but God's still using me every day I allow him to. When it's not about you and mother, the most liberating thing is when I realize it's for other people. It's about what God is doing through me, not to me. 
When you come to the point of what you're going through and the battle you're going through and you say it's not what He's doing to me, it's what can God do through me, then your heart's not troubled. And if it's troubled, guess what? Stop, because He says already I got a place for you. We've had friends. And in fact, tonight, Ron Wallace, one of my friends, uh, he, went, he fought hard with COVID. Over 11 weeks. And the Lord took him home. And you know what? He's not having a hard time breathing today. And in fact, he's probably jogging around with his hands. I know Ron's straight up in the air looking like that orangutan from, you know, praising Jesus, wanting everybody to know, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, and I'm praising my Savior. Do you understand when your heart's not troubled? It's like, all right, here we go. But when we make it all about us, is there anything that needs to be done around this church? There ain't no weeds growed here because Overton's like God's country. <laughs> the weeds don't grow here. Just, you just walk outside and grass goes, <laughs> and trees plant themselves. And paint doesn't fade and doesn't need redoing. And, you know, no, carpets don't need cleaned and toilets don't need cleaned. And dust doesn't happen here because this is God's house. You know what I'm saying? I bet there's stuff that needs to be done. And you know what? Everybody in this place is probably saying, well, somebody else is doing it. Yeah. They are. Isn't it time that we need to start making it about what we're doing for God instead of what God's doing for me? You're going to state, buddy. You know what I'm saying? You're going to put shoulder pads on and make you actually look like you have shoulders. You know? <laughs> he goes, <laughs> right? He's a wide receiver. Was now he's a hmm. don't know. We're gonna ever God whether God wants you in that game. No, guess what? Do you don't think the first thing that happens in your mama's mind is God just protect him, keep him safe, right? Jesus, just keep him safe. That's what I pray for you. God, just keep them safe. Keep them safe until they get that aha moment. You ever get that aha moment? You know what an aha moment is? That's when you think it's all about you until all of a sudden you realize it and you go, ha, ha, ha. When you realize you need Jesus Christ more than you need anything else, then all of a sudden everything else will come into perspective, Alan. Let me ask you a question, brother. I'm being serious. I'm being serious. When you first started this mess up and it started growing and you were bruising where that thing was growing inside of you, you knew it was bad. Did you or did you not start preparing yourself for, okay, if God takes me, this is what I need to have done? Right? Because guess what? You still got to be stewards of your stuff, right? Stuff that God has prepared you with. You start doing it. And then all of a sudden you start getting a little bit. I don't know about you, but I did. I started feeling a little bit sorry for me about, I can't believe this is happening. Everything that I've done for God, all the years I've led people in worship, all the years I've preached the word of God, and here I am, and this is going to me. I don't understand why. And you know what? I'm not happy this is happening. But 
then all of a sudden you're in the middle of it and you don't think about anything else in the middle of your trial. Now, I want you all to hear me. In the middle of your problem, you ain't thinking about what's going on outside of anything else. You're thinking about you right then, right there, and what God's doing, what you're going through. And you're asking God for clear direction. Show me what's going. And then all of a sudden, you're three weeks in. And you know what? We've seen this beautiful blonde little girl sitting there in a wheelchair with no hope, no desire to live, no doing anything, just kind of going through the motions, and an aha moment happened. And because of that, God allowed a ministry moment. How many of you are going through something and you've seen that aha moment and walked right past it because it remained about you because your heart's troubled because you're trying to control the moment you can't control the moment and have the peace of God because the peace comes when you release it and say God I'm your child Whatever you deem to have to do to this shell that you put my soul in, my soul knows where it's going any minute. So guess what? Whatever has to happen to this, you do that with. But let me be your light in the middle of this battle. I asked, <laughs> I asked Anna before I come up here, Girl, is there any way to make it brighter in here? <laughs> and she's like, no, but we're going to work on that. Because I'm like, I've got friends in low places. I'm just like, no, I don't want to sing. It's not a concert. Here's the thing I want you to understand. Let's be the light. Don't let your heart be troubled. And the way you can get through that is to remember there's a place for you and it ain't here. That beautiful house my wife owns, that's this body's forever home. But my soul isn't going to stay there. I can't wait. I can't wait. To be able to look Jesus face to face. And thank him for his mercy and his grace. Because you know what? I don't believe all the goodness God's given to me. I don't deserve it, Alan. I don't deserve that woman. I married way up, (laughs) y'all. Way up. (laughs) I don't deserve that beautiful house that she bought. I don't deserve to have children that love me and support me. I don't live, I don't deserve best friends like you. But I thank God every day that he allows me to do things. Do you you know that if I wasn't in a wheelchair, I'd have never met y'all? I'd have never come to Overton crud I'll tell you that I ain't lying you a lick I've never been in perump 
The armpit of Las Vegas. It's right there if you look. It's like right there. The other arm. It's this one. <laughs> it's on, yeah, yeah, it's right. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I moved to Pahrump because I was in a wheelchair and sick. Some of you might have wished I would never got sick and went to Pahrump. <laughs> But I'm telling you right now, I start looking for the blessings that God has done. You've got to do the same thing. You've got to start looking for what makes it okay in the middle of the not okay. You've got to have the ability when you're in the middle of a fight to release it and let God take it. And when you do that, the liberation that you have is what's freeing from Jesus. Because he's already paid the price. It says that the stripes, you know, they beat him to where you couldn't hardly tell it was a man. It said when the cat of nine tails, they put glass and, and nails and stuff to where it was taking chunks of his flesh off. Do you know that was done to where people like me could get healed? Do you understand? It says that the stripes on his back were for our healing, Alan. So you know what? We don't have to worry about it. We're going to turn it over to him and understand it's freeing when you're not having to concern yourself with what's happening because God's already paid the price with his son. You know all the sin that I did? You know what I did to my youth this Friday? I took them out to a fire pit and I had, I had them all take a piece of paper by themselves, go over to a van and write the worst sin they've ever done in their life on that and hold it as tight as they could in their hand and come back. All of them went over. They wrote it down. They had the piece of paper. I had them stand around a fire and I said, now throw it in there. I said, get it out. You can't. It's gone. Same thing happened because of what Jesus did. When you ask Him to forgive you your sin, it's gone. The only one who knows that sin anymore is you. I can't look and see what you did. I can't look and see what you wrote. It's gone. When you start understanding that Jesus Christ already paid the price, you don't have to let your heart get troubled. You can say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm giving it over to you. And when you do, all of a sudden, the smile can come back in the middle of a fight. Cancer's not a problem. Marital issues isn't a problem. Relationships aren't a problem if you turn them over to God. And sometimes in a relationship, if you were unequally yoked, God's going to say, ah, ain't good enough. You know how many people that I've tried to counsel who have tried to hold on to a bad thing so long they ended up just giving up and going with the bad thing? And then all of a sudden they turn into the bad thing? What? You ain't got friends? <laughs> I do. Some of them don't know Jesus yet. I say yet because, brother, I'm telling you, I'm trying. <laughs> I need you to understand, stop letting this world drag you down. And by the way, he wants you. Not only, not only Satan, God does. He wants you. And he wants you to be happy. And he wants you to be safe. And he wants you to be able to go out throughout your life with a smile on your face, knowing that the peace that Jesus Christ put in, he wants you. All you got to do is look. And he'll find you. 
And you know what? He wants your family to see God working in everything you do. From your job, to your finances, to your house. Do you understand? He wants you. Start identifying what Satan's doing to start shielding that. You know what he does is, is he'll put a hairy-legged boy in front of you that thinks, oh, he's so cute and I, he says he loves me and he says he wants to be mine forever and then you're going to find out he lied and he's going to break your heart and he's going to do things because you're not looking for the right thing. You're looking for what this earth provides instead of what God provides and what I'm telling you is this, stop looking for anything other than God and God will put everything you want in front of you and it'll be from him. It goes for us too. Stop telling God what we're going to do and start asking God what we're going to do. Stop telling God, I'm buying a travel trailer whether you want to or not. (laughs) She bought a house. I'm just telling you. Here's the thing. I had a buddy of mine. He told me this. He goes, I wanted a, he wanted a Jeep. So bad. And he told the, the testimony. He goes, I, I prayed, God, make a way for me to get this Jeep. He goes, you know, it took 14 banks for me to get financing for that Jeep. Do you know that Jeep, when he bought that Jeep, broke down six months later, set in a shop for two and a half years. He had a Jeep he paid almost half off and he never got to drive it but for three or four weeks before it broke. And it was terrible. And he said, God, why would you do this? And God said, I tried to shut you down 13 times. And finally I said, enough. How many times are we going through life and our heart is messed up and we're trying to control our circumstance and God's trying to show you the way and we're just pulling against that rain? He says, let not your heart be troubled. I've got a place for you. If you know God, you know me. And if you know me, you also know my Father. Father, I love you and I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today. God, please direct us today on how to not let our hearts to be troubled, but to let you shine through in the middle of our fight. God, in everything, and everyone in this room right now, Lord God, that is going through something, anybody that hears this message, if they're going through something, God, I pray right now that you will show them a way to let your light shine in the middle of their trouble. God, let their trouble not burden their heart, but let their heart be something that will be shining for the kingdom of God. And give us the assurance that if we've asked you into our hearts, we have a place for eternity with you. And we'll give you all the praise for all these things in Jesus' name. And my family says, amen. God bless you all.